The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the dynamic evolution of connected television advertising and its impact on the media landscape. Joining us is Angela Voss, who is the CEO of Marketing Architects, which is an all-inclusive TV agency that rebuilt the traditional agency model to help brands drive profitable growth. Marketing Architects has spent 25 years building homegrown technology to solve its TV pricing measurement and scale challenges. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Marketing Architects is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. And today, Angela and I are going to discuss navigating the evolution of connected television advertising. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Angela Voss, the CEO of Marketing Architects. Angela, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. Very excited to have you on the show. And let me start off by stating my appreciation. You and the rest of the team at Marketing Architects are sponsors of our podcast. So thanks for helping us create our content and also coming on the show to tell us a little bit about how to use TV advertising. Uh, Grateful on multiple levels. We really admire what you're doing here, Ben. And it almost begs the question, what did we do before we had podcasts to listen to to try to navigate such a complex space? But we're big fans of the show. I just listened to one of your episodes this morning on AI. So just love what you guys are doing and we're happy to be part of it. Well, excited to have you here and want to ask you some questions about what's happening in the TV advertising space, your area of expertise at Marketing Architects. Let's start off with the landscape. We had a black and white box where you had to go up and press the buttons to change the channel. Then we got some TV antennas. We've come a long way since then. We have color. That's very exciting. What else has changed? (laughs) so much, right? Yeah, it was a much simpler time. But if we even just think going back to just prior to COVID, right up until like 2019, linear was the dominant medium, right? It captured roughly 80% of adult video viewing and now is only responsible for close to 50% of TV utilization. So that's been really exciting for consumers as we try to think about how do I get the content that I want right in front of me when I want it, potentially cutting costs, although I think a lot of us, I won't raise my hand, but it's raised, are probably spending more with our apps through Roku or Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever it might be than I was spending on cable. But then when you think about from a marketing standpoint, we've all been waiting 
for this medium that has the power to drive sales, to drive brand awareness, this top of funnel medium that is so emotional, great for storytelling, but in more of a digital format, right? And so TV has been long awaited, precise audience targeting based on viewing habits and demographics, just significant advancements, real time ad buying, providing advertisers with that flexibility that they've been accustomed to with digital. And I think also offering potentially a lower barrier of entry because long linear has been thought of as this very, very expensive space. You're going to need millions of dollars to produce creative, potentially millions to test. And the nature of the CTV environment lowers those barriers to some degree, depending on the brand and objective. So it's all very exciting. It's moving very quickly. You've got players like Disney and Netflix standing up ad-supported options and new technologies being created every single day. It's like you have to spend a couple of hours just to keep up with what's going on. But it's a very exciting time. It's a whirlwind. And it's funny because I think back to my, I guess my first days of really understanding what was happening in television advertising was probably around the time when cable advertising became important. And that was the shift from buying essentially regional TV ads, but you could pick individual channels that were targeting specific audiences. If you wanted the sports crowd, you could buy the local TV channel in the Bay Area or in Texas or you know whatever region you're in. We've gone so much deeper in terms of the ability to target now. And as you mentioned, there's this proliferation of different places that you can buy your media. So talk to me about that evolution. When marketers are sitting there thinking, all right, I want to test connected television. Is it a top of funnel channel? Is it a bottom of funnel channel? Do I need to think about it nationally, regionally? How do you get your head around all of the different formats, mediums, advertising opportunities? They're just an endless way to target with connected television. I think you're speaking right into the complexity and fragmentation that can be scary to a lot of marketers. And I think that is one reason why we haven't seen ad dollars move over as quickly to CTV as what you might imagine, given the fact that 50% of TV utilization is happening in that space. And to us, complexity, fragmentation presents opportunity. And those are the types of challenges that we get really excited about. We've built and have been using for quite a while now AI to maximize the TV space. But even before CTV was a thing, if I wanted to be reaching an ESPN type audience, kind of going back to the example that you've given, even on the linear side, there's 20 to 30 ways when you consider national cable, local feeds to get in front of that audience. And in some cases, the correct or the most efficient decision in terms of how you're going to place is going to improve your ROI by four to five times. So the question is, how do you get your head around it? I really do think you need to lean into an expert in the space. I don't know how. If you as a marketing individual are responsible for all components of marketing for a brand that you can effectively wrap your head around all of it, you really do need that expert, that Sherpa that helps you guide. We can get in front of this audience, but what's the most efficient to drive the best ROI way to do that between linear and CTV? So that's a great lead into my next question, because it is so complex that figuring out the targeting strategies is probably more than one person can manage if they're managing the rest of the marketing department. So maybe the question that I should have asked in the first place is, how do I make sense of television advertising, linear, connected, 
compared to some of my other digital advertising opportunities. I can put money into ads on YouTube, which is kind of in between TV and digital. I can go social media. I can go programmatic display. What are the differences between some of those channels and what you're getting in terms of performance with connected TV? Well, I think those worlds are merging. You've had a lot of consumer data, be it first party, third party, that has been leveraged in the digital environment that that world is now blending into CTV. I think the theoretical hyper-targeting touted by digital and CTV platforms often crashes into the reality of highly variable device graphs and shared streaming accounts which leads marketers to pay really high CPMs. That's part of the challenge that marketers are facing in CTV, trying to hit this precise target market, but having to pay exorbitant costs in order to do so, and therefore not seeing the return in the CTV environment that they maybe were looking for or expecting based on the experience they had with digital. I'm going to ask you a tough question. Yeah, but... And what I mean by that is, yeah, it's really hard to figure out how to target a hyper-targeted audience. And it's hard to figure out what device. And it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Yeah, but there's reasons why people are doing this. So what is the value that comes out of focusing on connected TV and putting in the effort to getting it right? Well, ultimately, right, as marketers, we have to go where the eyeballs are going. We can't stop a decline in linear People are going to continue to make viewing decisions the way they're going to make viewing decisions. And so regardless of whether or not it's hard or complicated or you're seeing, you think you understand that you're hitting your target market, but you're not due to maybe inaccurate third-party behavioral data, we have to figure it out. And that is part of the challenge that we set out to solve with Annika in just widening the view of how to get in front of consumers and how to do it in the most cost-efficient manner, not just assuming that some of the practices that have been successful in digital, where typically you're in a one-to-one type environment, be it like mobile, desktop, that type of thing, you're in front of your computer. When we think about CTV, it's still a screen on the wall. And so shared accounts, things like that become a lot more complicated and ensuring that you're actually delivering to the consumer that you're trying to deliver to. Now, you mentioned Annika. Who's Annika? Annika is our AI-based media buying and planning platform that we set up back in 2017. Initially, she was responsible for linear only. Most recently, she now accesses the streaming world as well and was built to really shorten the supply path, which creates a more direct marketplace for streaming ad inventory aimed to cut down the cost that is usually inflated by all of those intermediaries. And then generally looks to employ a broader targeting scope, which we've been proven with our existing clients as well as new to drive better performance than a lot of times the behavioral targeting methods that are thought of as more traditional. And I think it's one of those cases where as a marketer, if you're looking at data, if you're, let's say, selling a mattress and you're looking at data, third party, usually that allows you to believe that a consumer, a set of consumers is in the market for buying a mattress, that feels like a good, smart decision to make. But what we have found is that uh, generally contextual targeting can provide better ROIs because it very often captures that person where they are really at and also decreases the cost in the path to get there. 
Okay, so Onica is an AI-based solution that helps support marketing architects with their media buying, mm -hmm. and you're using that to be more efficient in making sure that you're hitting the mark using contextual targeting and artificial intelligence. You got it. Okay. So I want to go back to the landscape a little bit. You mentioned before there's multiple different targeting criterias and trying to be hyper-targeted. When you think about connected television and the landscape, you mentioned some big players that are getting into the space. Netflix, Disney all have ad-supported tiers. Each individual television network, Peacock, Paramount, everybody's got their own app. When you think about the media buying landscape and you're placing your buys, are there any sense of priorities of which of these are the most effective, has the best inventory, what are the right sources, or is there just an open web type solution where you could buy across all of them? In our case, we built our own DSP, but typically brands are tapping into a DSP that already exists. It might be white labeled. Those are connecting to SSPs, but it's really no different than what you would think about in terms of primetime inventory in linear. The benefit of brands that are working in the performance marketing landscape and not just looking for eyeballs is that we've got a method by which we can assess that inventory with our own data. If we've got KPIs that we're trying to hit, it's a game of cost versus response and ROI. So there's a difference between premium content like you might find on Amazon's Thursday Night Football versus something potentially like an Amazon freebie. But we think about it in terms of there are impressions everywhere. They all come at a cost. We need to understand who those impressions are and ensure that ultimately they're driving the response that we're looking for. You know, when I think about the television landscape, obviously the technology has dramatically changed. And we've seen a shift in media buying activity, but we have also seen an increase in social marketing. We've seen an increase in things like podcast advertising. When you think about the mediums overall, for marketers who are sitting there with their, I've got my $10 million of media budget. How much are they allocating towards social, towards multimedia? Let's throw YouTube in there and then thinking about connected TV and linear. Generally, what do you advise for the way that people break up their media buys? Every channel should, I think, make its way and prove its way into a marketing plan. We always start with our clients with a pilot, be it linear, be it streaming. And we have aligned objectives that we need to hit in order to continue to fund that channel. And that's the way we operate with all of our clients. And I think that's how all agencies should operate. Ultimately, we need to be thinking about our channels in terms of their strategic position and what we're trying to do as a business. You know, you do have channels like television that can drive immediate sales for consumers that are in market for your product or service. But they also do a really, really good job, arguably the best job at building brands and building that mental availability, building future demand for your product or your service. And so when you think about where you're at on your journey, you've got channels that are really, really great at sales activation and understanding who's shopping for what and trying to capture your share of those purchases. And then you've got channels that can do a mix of both. And depending upon where you're at in your journey as a brand, you need to be making decisions based on what percent of the total impact do we need today versus how much are we focused on in the future. Those are tough conversations, typically with your CFO. But when you have a holistic measurement strategy, like we have set up for television, 
you should be able to get alignment on what is the channel doing for you today? What is it potentially doing for you in the next upcoming, let's just say months? And then how are we overall shifting intent towards your brand to be the favored brand and having that mental availability for years to come? When you think about your marketing strategies, obviously, you want to have some sort of KPI outside to all of your marketing efforts. But in some cases, and specifically with television and Connect TV, you can really have two KPIs. You can think about right now and you can think about long term with some channels. You can do both. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Angela Voss, CEO of Marketing Architects. Join us again tomorrow when Angela and I continue our conversation talking about crafting effective TV campaign strategies. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Angela, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is MarkArch. It's M-A-R-K-A-R-C-H. Or you can visit her company's website, which is marketingarchitects.com. In marketingarchitects.com, you can also find links to the Marketing Architects podcast and also the Marketing Architects book, which is called All Inclusive TV. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.